and I have it on my heart to continue and to expand on the, 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 this message from last week that we touched on, where your treasure is. And the key Bible quote we looked at comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. I'll read that for us. This is the amplified version. For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. This section in Matthew chapter 6 um, deals pretty much with earthly possessions or the very things that we treasure in this life. And Jesus is teaching us, he's revealing to us the things that we treasure in this life have a massive impact in our life. They're huge, and they're big and important matters. Whatever we treasure, we talked about last week, our heart is sure to follow that treasure. Yeah? So there is a very strong link and a strong attachment and bond between our treasures and the things of our heart, yeah, our heart and the treasures that we have. The heart, our spiritual heart, not our physical heart, our spiritual heart is our spiritual organ that has the ability to believe, to believe in the things that God has said and the God, things that God has revealed about himself even before our mind can comprehend it, can understand it. That's the spiritual organ of our heart. Romans 10.10 says, For with the heart one believes. And through that believing, we are changed radically. We are justified. It's just as if I've never sinned. That's what our heart has the ability to do. So whatever we are treasuring, Whatever we are holding dear, embedded in that treasure is something that we are believing in, okay? Something we are hoping in, some, a hope that we have, a desire that we have to be fulfilled through that treasure, okay? And, and, and so whatever that is, that desire is, like that of security, like that of love or acceptance or approval of worth, significance, meaning, purpose, all of those things, we are looking and believing that treasure to give to us. True? That, that's how our heart is linked and bonded and attached to whatever we treasure. So whatever the heart believes, in a sense, it becomes... And it takes in whatever we believe in, and it starts to express that outside of our being. Okay? It's as if those treasures themselves become stored inside of our heart and take up real estate of our heart. Does that make sense? It becomes tied there, which then not only fills my being, but it gets expressed out of my being. Did you know that you can kind of tell if somebody's, how they're feeling just by looking at their body? Their body really, our body is just a shell. But inside of us, we express 
what we're going through through our body. So if my body is doing this, you kind of know what's going on inside of, inside of me, right? If I'm doing this and smiling, <laughs> you, might, you might have a good idea of what's happening inside of my body. So whatever's inside, it gets expressed out. There's a whole field on this called um, micro-expressions. Have you heard of this? People who can tell if you're lying or not. So they have these expressions that you have. If you're lying, you, you can actually tell. Your face cannot. It expresses what's inside of your heart, <laughs> right? Um, our bodies will express what's going on inside of us, even though it might be subtle or might be not so subtle. It will show. It said that the eyes are a window to our soul. That's a saying, meaning our eyes can often reveal on the outside what perhaps is going on the inside. And today's message is entitled Healthy Eyes. Healthy Eyes. And it comes from the very next Bible verse in Matthew chapter 6, right after our Bible quote that we just read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. And it goes alongside our very first point for today. Our first point is eyes that are sincerely focused on God alone fills you with God's light. Okay? That's the first point. And it comes from verse 22 of chapter 6. It says, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. Now, I had to look into this a little bit, and I did my own study. And I learned that in the ancient world of Greek and, and, and Jewish history, they, they didn't have the understanding and the scientific knowledge that we did, and they believed that the eye actually had its own source of light that enabled it to see, yeah? To see and even see in a dark environment. Because if you don't know what's happening, I guess that's what they believe. So they even believed that there was this kind of a fire inside of our eye, right? And, and so the readers or people who are listening to Jesus talk about this, they, they must have just maybe heard Jesus thinking, and they're talking about the physical function of the eye, that the eye is the, this, how it sees and how it's enabled to see. So that's probably what they heard when they say, your eye is like a lamp. Um, but they will notice very soon when Jesus starts to talk about the, the next part here. And then notice that something totally different is being meant. So in Matthew 6.22, it continues and says, When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. So this word healthy is important to understand. It's not very easy to just take it as just a, a simple, like a healthy eye, right? Our eyes full of health. The, the original word that's uh, maybe used in equivalent to our English language is single or sincere or clear or all of those things together, okay? So it's a, a sincere, single, and clear Focus on something, meaning singularly focus, undivided in loyalty, and with clear sight and direction. But then there's another surprise 
as, as people are listening to what Jesus is teaching here, to the readers even of those who are reading in Matthew this day, is that the light in the eye doesn't necessarily shine outward, but instead it's shining inward, into the body. Yeah? And body here represents the whole being of a person, the whole being of a person. So for the listeners and readers, it's becoming very clear that the lamp of the eye is not talking about the physical eye, but the spiritual eye of the heart. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul prays. He prays that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The New Living Translation says that it be flooded with light. The eyes of our heart, this is really what faith is. It's it's the eyes of our hearts being open to simply see. You either can see or you cannot see, right? And when your eyes are open, you, 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 to, to see what God has revealed, that's what faith is. It's being able to see and then your heart believes, okay? If I told you that I have black hair, but if you were blind, you couldn't see, you just maybe have to believe. But if you see that I said I have black hair, you see, and therefore you can believe what I'm saying is true, right? For faith, people have made it so complicated what faith is. Faith is not conscious of itself, okay? Faith is simply like an eye that is filled up with what it sees. It's just filled up with what it sees. An eye is not conscious of itself, you know? Sometimes we want to make faith the object of our faith, our faith in God, and we want to have more faith, and so we're trying to have faith in faith. But faith is not the object. God is the object of our faith. He is what we have faith in. He is what we say allows the eyes of our hearts to be open to see Him. Faith is not believing in God, it's believing God, who He is and what He says. That's what faith is. And so when He is our treasure, we have a a single eye that is clear and only directed to Him. And what that does, it, it brings clarity into our heart to know what is right, what is good, and what is true, and what path to walk on and where not to go at all. That's what it does, because we're able to see. Yeah? Hope is, hope is a little bit different. It's a difference between hope and faith. Well, hope is simply the desire, something we have a desire in, that we have a desire or a wish that goes some way, right? It goes a particular way. That's a hope. I hope you have a good day. <laughs> we say that a lot, Right? Um, I hope this will turn out this way. It's a desire that we have that will go a certain way. But we have no certainty of that. 
But like we sang today, if our hope is in God, well, that's a pretty sure hope that we have. In fact, Romans 5 says that's a hope that will not disappoint. It's a hope that will not disappoint. Faith, however, is being able to see, see what God has said, and then we say, yes, I believe with my heart. My friends, faith is everything, everything for your life. And the eyes of your heart, if you, if you are treasuring and you are focused on something that is not God, it will not bring light into your being. It will not bring clarity. It will not bring uh, a sense of clearness to this path of life that God has each of us on. So in other words, when the eyes of our heart has a single undivided focus on God, especially when dealing with the possessions and the earthly treasures of this world, it does fill us very clearly with God's light and His purpose to do what is right, good, and life-giving. And it expresses, and it's the result of all of this is, is like generosity and giving, God-like giving, God-like generosity. In fact, this is a double meaning here in the original language of healthy or single. The double meaning is generous. Yeah? And so when somebody has a single eye and a single focus on God, they don't have an attachment anywhere else. They're They're not attached by anything else. And so they can give freely. They can give generously. Right? Because that's what we treasure. Our heart will be there also. And when your heart, your treasure is God's kingdom and what He what He wants to do in His kingdom, your heart's gonna be there, and everything that He's given to us is also going to be tied to that purpose. But the opposite of what we're talking about. Now is that eyes solely focused on earthly riches will fill you with deceit and darkness. Okay? This is the opposite. In verse 23 says, But when your eye is unhealthy, divided, not single, unsincere, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So just a couple of verses, Jesus is talking about and instructing people, commanding people that you must lay your treasures in heaven, not here on earth where moth and, and moth destroys and, and, and thieves can steal, right? But lay up your, up your treasures in heaven. So when the focus of our heart's eye are on the riches here in this world, it not only fills us up with darkness, which means we have spiritual blindness, we cannot see spiritually, it also keeps us from seeing what is really important in life, why we're living, what's healthy really, what's true and what's good. It, It keeps us from seeing that at all. Not only that, even deeper, it deceives us to thinking that we actually have light and clear vision on what is important 
and what is good and what is healthy, what is purposeful, and how to, on the meaning of life, how to be loved, how to get real security, how to have real purpose, how to be fulfilled. It darkens all of that. But we're deceived to think we know it. (laughs) We're deceived to think we have light that leads us, that we have clear vision. But that's what eyes that are focused on earthly treasures to bring the security, to bring the love, to bring the purpose, when that's our focus, when that's our treasure, it leads us to spiritual blindness. And even more, deceptive blindness, thinking that we can actually see. (laughs) It's like ten blind people being born at the same time. And they, they, they don't know any different. And they all think they can see because they're walking around. They, they don't know any different. They're just walking around and this is normal. Right? That's silly. I just made that up. But it's kind of like that, right? You think you can, but you can't. It's deceptive. People often say that money is the root of all evil. Is that true? It's not true. Money is not the root of all evil. It's not what the Bible says. God's Word tells us that for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. It is the love and craving of money and earthly possessions that fills our hearts with darkness, with spiritual blindness. And it pierces, we're piercing ourselves with many sorrows. It's as if these people, and I'm talking about Christians, Christians are included right in this, they don't have a single eye, but it's like they have double vision. Yeah? One eye over here, but one eye over here. (laughs) And and what happens when you have double vision? Can you walk straight? No? And and, and something's in the way if you have double vision? Do you think you might run into something? (laughs) Yeah? And, And get hurt? Yeah? We can't. And that's what it's kind of like. You're bound to run into things. You're, you're bound to get hurt. You're bound. This is, you don't have clarity. It's not single. With one eye on God, with one eye on earthly possessions, we cannot fill these God-sized desires that God, God has put inside of our hearts so that he can fulfill it. In the next verse, Jesus tells us plainly that it is impossible to live this way, uh, to live this way where we are, and, and the word, that word healthy is also translated to sincere, where we're insincere about our, our focus and our eye on him, but then really our eyes on here, you know, we just can't live this way. It's actually impossible. So here's our third and last point for this morning. We can only experience true freedom when God is our true master. This is very important, my, my brothers and sisters, my friends who are listening to this the very first time. We can only experience true freedom when God is our true master. Matthew 6.24 is the next verse here. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Have you ever had two bosses or two supervisors? 
Yeah? <laughs> two different people with two different ways of doing things, giving you two different instructions about your same job. <laughs> it's crazy making, isn't it? Yeah? Um, I know that's actually a common, unfortunately common experience. Or two different professors believing their class is the most important class and you need to put their class above every other class. Yeah, how do you deal with that, right? That's nuts. But we do it. You can survive it, right? You can work through it. But what Jesus is talking about here is not having two employers, okay? He's talking about having two different masters, which is impossible. The master and slave relationship is where that slave is fully in service to that master, to that master's will, the master's purpose, fully, completely. There's no way out. And so there is no way to serve two masters because you will either love the one or hate the other. It's that extreme of a difference. You cannot be devoted to this one and this one at the same time. It's impossible. You're a slave to one or you're a slave to the other. Okay? Period. There, there is no other way. So if this double vision that we have on life, really, that this, this is the truth. God cannot be your master if money is what you're enslaved to. If earthly treasures is what we're enslaved to. We cannot have God be our master. But here's the great news. When Jesus is your true master... He frees you from the slavery of money. He frees you from the slavery of sin. He frees you from the slavery of self. He frees you from slavery. The result of having Jesus be your master is freedom. Always. Freedom is found only in Jesus Christ. The freedom, and there is only one freedom in this world, is the freedom from the power of sin. If you are not free from the power of sin, sin is your master. And there's no way out. No way out except for a deceptive darkness to believe that you are free to do whatever you want and sin is not your master, well, that thing is, (laughs) you're deceived. You are slaves. But when Jesus is your true master, you experience the true freedom that is in Christ and Christ alone to serve Him completely. What does it mean to serve him completely? Because maybe for us who grew up in this world, we think serving somebody, having somebody being our master is, takes us our choices away, and we, get, we don't get to live the life we want. Well, he saves you that from that too. Because you living the life that you want, that you think is best for your life, <laughs> is actually sin. It's actually slavery because You think you know better than God. (laughs) If we think that I know better than God what is good for me, the creator who created me, who put the desires in my heart, 
for him to fulfill. And I say, I know what is better. I don't know what else, is, what else is, can describe what sin is. Because sin says, you know better. You can be God just like he is. You don't need to be dependent of him. You can be independent of him. That's slavery. And it will lead you, the wages of sin is death. Always. Always. So when Jesus is our true master, everything, every command that comes from the words, the word that come out of his mouth as a command to us, to give us life and life abundance. And when we say, yes, master, yes, Lord, and we yield to what he desires, and, and only then, do we get to experience his strength, his freedom, his power, the purpose that you have been created for to live out here on earth? He is the one who brings true freedom to live out who you've been created to be and the purpose that he's given for your life and the purpose that you get to fulfill will be the most satisfying thing ever because it's what you've been made to do. And it doesn't need figuring out. It's simply saying, yes, God, my faith is in you. You don't need more faith. Okay? You don't need to have faith in faith. You just need to say, God, open the eyes of my heart to what you want me to see. I, you know, hmm, just like my body, you think I can open my own eyes? I can, I might open my will, but if my, my brain shut down, no matter how much I want to open my eyes, I, I can't open my, my eyes open because I tell my brain to open my eyes. I open my eyes. It's an instruction. Here's the thing. We can't open the eyes of our own hearts. We can't just say, hmm, just open it up. The Spirit of God is who opens up the eyes of our hearts. And we say, God, open the eyes of my heart to see what you want me to see, to see your promise, to see what you want me to believe in, and then my heart will respond in faith to believe that. And when we believe it, when we believe it, that's an agreement in the eternal, and that brings all the promises, and all that is God flows right through us and into our life. This is the way of God. Not feelings first, then faith. Faith first, and then feelings will come later. Always. So, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And healthy eyes is a single eye. It's a single focus onto Him and Him alone to whatever He wants and whatever He desires. And it frees us. Frees us completely gives us clear vision, clarity of direction, knowing what is right, what is good, and what's true, and what is healthy for us. Shall we pray?